You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. This is Orson Welles, ladies and gentlemen. Out of character, to assure you that the War of the Worlds has no further significance than as the holiday offering it was intended to be. The Mercury Theater's own radio version of dressing up in a sheet and jumping out of a bush and saying boo. We annihilated the world before your very ears and utterly destroyed the CBS. Popular culture would have you believe that was the sound of renowned theater and radio drama director Orson Welles, backpedaling furiously before his career looked like the smoking crater left by many a Martian war machine. But let's set aside for a moment that any worry over the Martian invasion of Grover's Mill probably wasn't the panic in the streets event that you may have been told it was. And let's rewind even further to the story of the man behind that production, Orson Welles himself. I'm Jessica Linverdi, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for May 6th. Born in Kenosha, Wisconsin in 1915, George Orson Welles was an orphan before he was even out of his teens. And even before then, it was hard to pin down one place where he grew up as his father tended to keep them on the move, not just across the U.S., but internationally. And by all accounts, Orson didn't have much of what we would consider a childhood, but he did have quite an imagination. Traveling through Europe in his late teens, he once walked into a theater in Ireland and announced his arrival as Orson Welles' Broadway star. As he then had to put up or shut up, He stayed in Ireland for nearly a year, acting in that very theater as well as putting on his own productions for which he was also heavily involved in designing the sets and other details of his plays. This, along with the kind of brash, outside-the-box thinking that leads a young man to introduce himself as a Broadway star no one's ever heard of, would kind of become his trademark. On this day in 1949, the gigantic analog computer EDSAC was fired up to perform its first calculations. EDSAC was the first computer that could run stored programs loaded from paper tape and roared along at 714 operations per second. Returning to the States after his stint in Dublin, Orson Welles was quickly put to work since he was now legitimately a star of the Irish stage with Portfolio. He also began working on radio at a time when plays performed in radio studios were a mainstay of American broadcasting. During the Depression, he found work in the government-sponsored federal theater project, intended to keep actors and other theatrical artists working. He assembled massive casts and crews to give as many of them work as possible, and also produced mold-shattering productions such as an all-African-American cast of Shakespeare's Macbeth swapping out Scotland for Haiti and witchcraft for voodoo in the 1930s when such a production was unheard of. He went on to form the Mercury Theater, and CBS asked him and his repertory company to put the Mercury Theater on the air on CBS Radio over the summer of 1938. The company season of radio productions ended with Wells's tip of the hat to another Wells, H.G. Wells, in an adaptation of War of the Worlds, stylized to sound like a live radio broadcast. It's not for nothing that Wells was among the highest paid radio actors or producers in the business. 
it would take a whole month of five-minute podcasts to cover Orson Welles' amazingly influential and unusual films, his voiceover career, and the rest of it. But on the night before Halloween 1938, he definitely made his mark on science fiction and on a jittery America weary of war drums beating in Europe. So goodbye, everybody, and remember, please, for the next day or so, the terrible lesson you learned tonight. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for May 6th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.